Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by SupChina. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. And I'm Shannon Van Sant, business editor of SupChina. It has been a hopeful week when it comes to China's economy recovering from the pandemic. It has been a fearful week if you are a banker who happens to be on the wrong side of China's money laundering regulations. And it has been an exciting week if you are a lover of little toys. With all the top news and the full range of emotions, here's what has been happening in China this week. China's Premier Li Keqiang sent out a powerful signal that the country could join Asia-Pacific's largest free trade pact, the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership, also known as the CPTPP. Answering a question about CPTPP at a press conference, the premier said, quote, China has a positive and open attitude towards joining the CPTPP. It is the first time that a Chinese leader has publicly confirmed China's interest in joining the partnership, which consists of 11 Asia-Pacific countries, including Japan, Canada, and Australia. Together, they account for more than 13% of the global economy. Even without joining the trade pact, China's economy seems to be bouncing back as it shakes off the effects of the coronavirus. Manufacturing activity in China, as measured by the Caixin China General Manufacturing Purchasing Managers Index, also known as the PMI, rose to 50.7 from 49.4 in April. A number above 50 signals an expansion in activity, while a reading below that indicates a contraction. However, a word of caution data from the Customs Bureau showed goods exports unexpectedly rose in April after a three-month decline as companies cleared backlogs of orders that had built up during and after the domestic lockdown. But economists have warned that the rebound is unlikely to last as global demand will remain weak, at least in the short term, because of the pandemic globally. Commenting on China's proposed national security law for the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region, Laura Mei Lung Cha, the head of Hong Kong Exchanges and Clearing Limited, told Taishing in an interview that the new legislation could trigger volatility in local financial markets in the short term, but will bring stability in the long run. 
Cha said she believed that after investors have time to digest the news and the details of the law are unveiled, their concerns will be allayed and uncertainties will be reduced. China's National People's Congress, the country's legislature, approved the draft legislation to safeguard national security in Hong Kong last week. Although some critics say the law will weaken the principle of one country, two systems that exists between Hong Kong and the mainland. In other legal news, China's national legislature has approved the nation's first civil code, completing a decades-long effort to enact comprehensive legislation defining the rights and duties of its 1.4 billion citizens. The wide-ranging legislative package, which will take effect at the beginning of next year, covers areas including private property, personal privacy, marriage and family, inheritance, and contracts. The new code is an amalgamation of existing civil laws and sprawls across seven chapters and 1,260 articles. It is the first time the People's Republic of China has codified its legal system. Experts say the adoption of the legislation is a crucial restraint on the government's power as it draws a clear boundary between government and markets, as well as clearly outlining citizens' rights. The Chinese unit of European banking giant BNP Paribas has been fined 2.7 million yuan, approximately $378,200, by China's central bank for anti-money laundering violations. BNP Paribas failed to verify client identification and report large and suspicious transactions as required. Three senior executives of BNP Paribas China Limited, a wholly owned subsidiary of the Paris-based bank, were also fined with penalties ranging from 45,000 yuan to 60,000 yuan. The punishments come as China has stepped up efforts to penalize financial institutions that fail to adequately guard against money laundering. The People's Bank of China issued nearly four times more fines in the first quarter of 2020 than over the same period last year. China has reportedly crafted a general technical plan for the country's first long-haul, wide-body jetliner, according to key industry experts, as Beijing steps up its effort to challenge the duopoly of Airbus and Boeing. Wu Guanghui, who helped design China's first homegrown airliner, the C919, told state-owned newspaper The Beijing Youth Daily that the new plane, known as the CR929, will be able to carry 280 passengers on journeys of up to 12,000 kilometers and is expected to start commercial flights sometime between 2025 and 2028. Ehang, a drone operator that has pioneered the use of self-driving air taxis for sightseeing trips in China, is seeking to move into air cargo transportation. The Guangzhou-based company has obtained approval from the Civil Aviation Administration of China to use its autonomous aerial vehicles and a commercial pilot program for heavy-lift air logistics. That's according to a company statement released on Wednesday. The trial will be conducted in the city of Taizhou in eastern China's Zhejiang province, and the drones will be authorized to transport up to 150 kilograms of goods per flight. And finally, it's big business for little toys. Chinese blind box toy brand PopMart plans to submit an initial public offering application to the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, according to people familiar with the matter. The Beijing-based toy marketer has already raised more than $100 million in a pre-IPO round of funding in April, valuing the company at $2.5 billion. 
Blind box toys come in a sealed box, so the purchaser doesn't know what toy they're getting until they open the box. This seems to add to the consumer's sense of fun and the toy's value, and proves I am now officially too old to understand all the stories I report on. Speaking of too old, let's turn now to Caixin Global Managing Editor Doug Young, forever young, uh, for a look at something in the news this week. Doug, I want to ask you about flights in and out of China. Tell us what's going on there. It's something that a lot of people are really concerned about. Yeah, this is a, a real hot topic, and it's probably not one that's only in China, but China certainly seems to have taken a very radical approach. And, and I think a lot of other countries have probably taken a similarly radical approach, though maybe China a bit more so. Um, the story is really that, you know, worldwide air traffic has just come to a, a, a virtual halt. I mean, it's still stuff happening, uh, but it's it's much lower than it was before the outbreak. And what's really been hit hard is international travel. Uh, a lot of countries are willing to let airlines, you know, do domestic flights where there's demand. Uh, but when it comes to letting outsiders into their borders, they're really drawing pretty strong lines saying, you know, we're really going to limit this number. And and so as a result, a lot of international flights into China are, are really, really expensive because China has put really serious conditions. Uh, they basically limited the number of uh, flights that can come into China and leave China. And and that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about today was they put in place this thing called the 5-1 policy in late March, which basically said that all international airlines can only operate one flight, a single flight into China every week. So, you know, you had airlines like United that maybe were flying three or four flights into China a day or probably more than that, five or six, suddenly being able to only do one per week. Uh, and similarly, all the Chinese airlines got a, a pretty heavy restriction put on them too. They were only allowed to fly one flight to each individual country per week. So, uh, you know, if I'm China Eastern Airlines, I can only fly one flight to the U.S. every week. That's, that's again, a, a pretty heavy uh, restriction. So what happened uh, was basically on, on May 20th, which was just a couple weeks ago, China reaffirmed this 5-1 this, uh, policy, uh, basically, you know, really, really putting heavy limits on people coming into and, and leaving the country. Um, and of course, and any uh, foreigners like myself or, or you know, anybody else living here in China knows that uh, China has actually put a real heavy restriction on foreigners coming into the country at all. Uh, they basically banned most foreigners from coming into China. And as a result, uh, we have two people on our staff here at Caixin who are sort of stuck outside of China right now because they can't get in. So it's it's looking pretty grim right now, but we're starting to see some signs that things might be easing up. And one of the things that was in the news this week was Hong Kong, uh, which as of June 1st just started resuming, uh, allowing people to come through their airport for transit because an airport like Hong Kong is heavily dependent on people transiting through uh, because it's not that big of a destination. So, you know, the the story is is that China is really sticking to its, you know, closed borders. Hong Kong's starting to open up. But at the same time, we're getting a lot of pressure 
on China from countries like the U.S. and and Europe that that want to do more flights to China. So flights and allegations about flights, uh, that was one of the big issues this past week as the U.S.-China relations took yet another downward turn. What's the deal there? Well, I have to say flights is probably just one of many uh, bones of contention between the U.S. and China right now. And, and it's it's a big one, but it's I don't know if it's it's the biggest. Lots of other things going on in that relationship. But let's let's take a quick look at, at flights. Um, just to give you an idea, before the, the COVID-19 outbreak in January, there were roughly 325 flights between the U.S. and China each week. Uh, by mid-February, that had dropped to 20. So we've gone from 325 to 20. Uh, and then it's come back a little bit, but it's it's only up to about 34. <laughs> so it was, back, I should say, back to 34 by mid-March. So it's it's still way, way off. And again, one of the things keeping this number really low is the fact that China is limiting basically all airlines to one flight a week, uh, which, you know, you're just never going to get very many flights that way. And compounding the problem was that starting in uh, February, all the U.S. airlines basically stopped all their flights to China. So China's this that, that 5-1 policy that I mentioned says that airlines can't offer any more flights than they were offering at mid-March. So guess what? The U.S. airlines didn't have any flights in mid-March, so they can't offer any more than zero. <laughs> so right now we have basically all the Chinese airlines flying all the U.S.-China routes. Uh, the U.S. airlines are basically being barred, even though all three of the big ones that fly to China, United Airlines, Delta, and American, want to come back to China. But China won't let them because of this 5-0 or 5-1 policy. So basically, the, the U.S. Uh, Department of Transportation is sort of uh, getting a little bit impatient with all this. And they laid out some rules uh, a week ago that basically might put put the brakes on China's flights if China doesn't ease up a little bit and let some of these American carriers back into China. So it's it's uh, I as of the last reports, I hadn't seen that China had finally backed off, but. I imagine China, they've, they've said they would consider letting American airlines back into the country. But it's not just the U.S. It's, you know, uh, Lufthansa from, from Germany stopped doing, most of the big international carriers stopped flying into China uh, around February or March. Uh, and they all want to come back. You know, it's a big market. There's a lot of demand. Um, and China is just really sticking to its guns on this 5-1 policy. So we'll have to stay tuned and see, you know, I imagine we'll probably see some movement on this in the next week or two. And it, it probably won't be huge, but at least hopefully we'll see some signs that, you know, China's relaxing its uh, air travel, international air travel a little bit. Okay. Thanks a lot, Doug. And we look forward to speaking with you again next week. Okay. Thanks a lot, Kaiser. <laughs> Thank you, Doug. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Caixin Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Venkata with stories from the staff of Caixin Global. Special thanks to Li Xin and Marcus Ryder of Caixin Global. Thanks to Wu Fei and Spring and Autumn for the music. Be sure to check out the other shows in the Seneca Network on SupChina. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to SupChina Access for the daily newsletter. 
find us at subchina.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Take care.